Welcome back to the Hoddlecast. This is Pastor Cody, and I'm joined by my co-host. With the most. With the most. Kyle. Kyle. Uh, so, okay, so we, we're going to hop in today. I, uh, we're going to talk about honor because we talk about this all the time here at our church, the culture of honor. Right. But I, I really, I'm curious, and I know that listeners are probably probably curious. I want to kind of peel back behind the curtain and know how you develop the culture of honor. And we've kind of already talked about why before, but I want to know how you developed it. Like, how did you sit down and think, this is how I'm going to do this? Because it really is. When I talk to other pastors, I'm not trying to just, you know, puff up your ego here. But but I think you, you really came up with something fantastic. And I know, I, I know because of what it's done in the lives of the people in our church, I do think it's, uh, it's, it's inspired. I know it's deeply tied to scripture. It's biblically inspired. So, um, when we talk about this, I, I really just want to know how, like, were you just sitting there and you just had a thought like, Oh, this is what I'm going to do. Or did you like how, what kind of research did you put into it? Um, you ever use one of those like, um, eight ball things. So you, you just, you shake, you it. Just shake it up and it just was like, I'm like hey. should this be in the culture of honor? Shake, 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 yeah. shake. Possibly so. <laughs> no. no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, we were we were actually in a really broken place as a church when I got here, um, and there was just a, not a culture of honor. It was actually a culture of dishonor. There was a lot of infighting and frustration. Been a long period of being without a pastor, which just causes tension. And people who want power usually rise to the top. They assert power and authority when they don't necessarily have the skill or ability to to handle that well. And then it usually ends up causing a a, a line of chaos to run through as, as people struggle, power struggles. There was major power struggles. Um, I've told you this before, but I don't know if everybody knows, they, they had to bring the denomination in. Things got so bad right before, like like literally, there was a period where I never heard from the denomination. As I was, They told me I was getting the job. And then it was like, I never heard from the denomination again for like a month. And I'm like, Patty, uh, you think I should probably like figure out what's going on? They told me I'd hear back soon. And finally got a hold of the denomination. The bishop's like, uh, yeah, there's been some problems. <laughs> so he goes, we've had to deal with some stuff and try to fix it before you got there. And I know it's hard for people to kind of think about like that church and the church we are now. Because in seven years, we're, we're very different. We have a different culture, a different DNA. But it was a different place. And... Yeah, so that so the denomination was trying to, to deal with some of the drama issues, and they, so they told me, yeah, we had, a, had to have this big meeting. It was bad, and so they laid it all out and said, if you don't want to go, this church is fine. We can send you somewhere else because in our denomination, they station you. Yeah. You get hired actually by the denomination and posted, and the church agrees to the, the posting essentially, and I'm like, no, I like problems, so let's do it, <laughs> so... I don't want peace. I don't yeah, want problems. I like a challenge, um, and so yeah. we end up coming... And immediately, like, the, the, the bishop's like, you need to come in and you need to make, it's like, you need to change things immediately. And so I had, like, carte blanche to, to make some changes. That was the, the, that was what the denomination wanted. That's what the governance team wanted. They said, come in here and bring a new vision, a new plan. And ultimately, that came to, we, we created a new culture. And so it was more of a necessity that we needed to do something different. I would like to say, I was like, oh, this is so creative. I figured this would be the way forward. Uh, it was more of, I was coming. I had a, a couple of weeks to figure out how are we going to change the culture? 
And I, you know, I knew enough to know what was going on. And so I think within the first week or two, we changed the, the entire culture as a leadership team and said, this is who we're going to be. And people can select to be part of it or they can select out of it. And unfortunately, people did select out of it, um, which we knew because there are people who have been at this church for a long t- very long time, but ultimately they're, they were part of what was, what was broken in the culture and they needed to move on. There's some people that um, the changes they, they just didn't like, and so they, they also moved on. But during the period of the next like three months, we went from, I don't know, before I got here, they were in like the 30s and 60s. I mean, it was bad. Um, the, 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 kind of the, the bottom had fallen off depending on the week and they'd come out of a really bad winter. And so by the end of the summer, I think we were on like the one, one, one seventies. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was awesome. And people were coming in new and honestly, a lot of people didn't like the new people. Like that was, that's all we've, we've heard this. People yeah, talking, yeah. I don't like the church anymore. It's gotten too big or there's too many new people. I don't know anybody. Yeah. And you think that growth is a good thing. You know, as pastors, we want to see our church grow. We want to see people, new people come into relationship with the Lord. Because growth is an indicator of healthy discipleship making. Yeah. You know? it, I mean, it can be. It didn't get received that way by a lot of no, some people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of what was wrong with the culture. It wasn't a culture of Christ first. It was me first, what I want, and then I would just fill Christ into that. And so we kind of changed the culture, and that's why we came up with the culture of honor. Um, and so that's where it is. It's five things that were problems that we were addressing, uh, a lot of conflict. And so it's very conflict-oriented culture of honor, which honestly relationships are very conflict-oriented as in general. And so that's where the, cu- the culture of honor came from. So you came up with the five phrases that are the acronym CARRY, so C-A-R-R-Y, which are care about what the people you I think I only came up about. with one. Which the others what? are more like standard things, right? Yeah. yeah. The one I came up with and created is one I like because I like the way it says Care about what the people you care about care about. Yeah, which I, I is one of my favorites. And then the one that Patty Patty is so famously coined, which was, you might be right, but is it loving? Yeah, and I didn't create that. I heard yeah. that. At, we heard that in a marriage conference yeah. uh, 15 years ago. But, I, I mean, it's great. It, it's great nonetheless, whoever gets credit for it. But care about what people you care about care about. Assume the best. Yep. Re, uh, restore gently. Release bitterness. Release first. bitterness. Yep. Restore gently. And then you might be right, but is it loving? And I, I just think it's so cool because... When we talk to people, uh, and, and we talk to people who go to our church, they know it. They just know it. Have like, you been around a while? I mean, we talk about it every year. Yeah. We used to in the beginning. We used to talk about it every every six to eight weeks. I think the cool thing about it is it, there is a book I read, um, gosh, probably 10 years ago, called Culture Makers. And the, the idea, the whole premise is that you can't change culture, that you can't, that you can't move culture. But what you can do is create culture. And and like you said, people can buy in or they can opt out. And the idea is like our people, it didn't we didn't change a culture. Cult that culture existed, that toxicity existed. Mm-hmm. And what had to happen was a new culture needed to be created that edified uh, and glorified Jesus and pushed people uh, into right relationship with each other. Right. And that when that culture was created, it, it what happens is either people become excited about what is happening and want to be part of that culture or they want to cling to the culture they had. And I, we see this in churches all the time. Yep. We see this in, in the, we see this within our friends, within the body of Christ, that this idea of like, well, my culture is good. Like, well, no, it's not, it's no. toxic. You can be, you can have a lot of people and have a bad culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, and ultimately, I mean, we've, we've had people self-select out of this church because yeah, they don't absolutely. like the culture of honor. I don't know why they don't. It, because it's a culture of accountability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, they don't like to be count- accountable. I think that's some of it. I, yeah. I do. I think well, I think when it comes down to it, I say people want to live in the comfort of where they're at. They don't want to they don't want to be pushed to do anything outside of what is makes them comfortable. I don't think people like accountability. I think that's, that's been a study. Because, yeah. People do not like accountability. They like the idea of accountability. They don't like accountability for themselves. If I'm messing up, I want you to tell me. But then you tell them and they go, I don't like Yeah, that. stats stats say yeah. we love to hold people accountable. We don't like to be held accountable. Exactly. That's that's the thing. And the culture of honor is accountability for yourself. <coughs> it's not it's also accountability for others, but yeah. it's really about how you keep yourself accountable. Yep. Like those, these are things that you're supposed to do. Yep. It's not things that others are required to do. Like they may or may not do it. You're still required to live out the culture of honor. Yep. And that's hard. And we were talking about this, um, you know, last night, Darren, Mark was at my house, producer Mark was playing a game and made a joke, but it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a joke, like there's things going on in the world where there are different ways that people could handle what's happening. They could, they could choose honor or they could choose vengeance. And I think vengeance is being chosen in most things when you could take the honorable route and a lot of those things and show that you're, you're different. Yeah. You know, you might be right, but is it loving? That's a hard question to answer when we look, look at leadership, politics, government, war, right? Disease. And you guys start asking some hard questions. And people don't always like the answers when they start asking those questions. But no, so that, that's where the culture of honor came from. And I, my answer when someone says, "Well, I don't really like the culture of honor," so like, ah, okay, but it, it's biblical. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I'm not going to follow it. Okay, I mean, I, we can't make somebody. But then I question. I question if you can't adhere to a culture of honor. I question your love, your love for the gospel, your love for the for the way, the lifestyle of Jesus Christ, and applying it in your own because it really is just. It's rooted in God's word. I mean, it's it's pretty. I mean, Paul's pretty clear when he's talking to the churches: outdo one another yeah, in showing one. honor, and like outdo one another. Like, and the, to me, to me, and and I'm sure somebody will disagree, but to me, honor and love are synonymous. If you 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 have to be able to be honorable and to be loving, and you have to you you have to be able to. Uh, choose honor, which is the same. I think when you're choosing right. honor, you're choosing to show people love in a tangible way, right? Yep. It's not. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. This is what love looks like, like in our relationship is honor. I'm going to honor yeah. you to the best of my ability, and that's how I'm going to show you that I love you. And I think that's. I think that's really important. Yeah. And yeah. so the five things: care about what the people you care about care about, assume the best, release bitterness, restore gently, and ask the question. You might be right, but is it loving? And if people can do that, if you're listening and you, you can do that, then that's part of the way here. And if you can't do that, if you don't want to do that, I'm going to be honest. Higher Lakes is not for you. It's okay. You, you, can, kn- you can find our church. We'll help you. Do you know what I love? Like when people when people talk about this, it's like, you know, that to me, that is the heart of Jesus' lifestyle. It, like, I mean, that carry, that acronym is the heart of Jesus' lifestyle. He literally he cared about the people in his life. He cared about what they cared about. He was He was intentional about the way that he held people responsible for their 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 misbehavior and loved them through the process restored them gently right but was never bitter and and was always on the side of loving um feedback and wisdom and cared deeply about the people around him but you know what's f- yeah, what to me I think is so funny is 
You could take the culture of honor into any workplace, any team, any environment. And if people bought into it, it would immediately change, change that, yeah. their culture, and they wouldn't even realize that it's oh, that's all. I mean, we've had people tell us they Jesus love work, and it changes their entire work. It does, yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, we had we've had people say this before, we'll, because we'll say things like, if, if you don't want to adhere to this culture of honor, this isn't the church for you. I mean, that feels that feels I don't know offensive to people because like, why well, I should be able to go wherever I want, but like. That's not necessarily the thing. The no. the universal church, which is the word Catholic just means universal. I don't know if people know that. Like the Catholic church is actually a just a word that means universal. Yeah. Although um, it also means the Roman Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the universal church is for everybody. Yeah. The local church is for people who are committing to be part of that community in a healthy and productive way. And the, so that, that matched the DNA, the uh, like DNA, the, the culture of yeah, that the community. Meet, that, this is the, this is the thing we've talked about this quite a bit before. And I think this is, this is a good thing for people to hear. Like just because a church exists in your area and you don't like it, doesn't mean it's not servicing the kingdom because each of the churches in, in the area that you're in right. are servicing a different part of the kingdom yeah. of God. And for us, our commitment and our, our ideology has been we believe we should be a church that is for people who don't necessarily like church and we should be a different environment than what they're used to. And that's tough for I don't some, know. I would say we want to be yeah. a church for people who want to do church different. Exactly. Yeah. And so the way when we talk when we talk about it, it's like that's I mean, what we get this all the time. Well, you're a pastor? Are you like this is I never expected church to be like this. And to us, there's, there's people who would be really offended by that. They'd be really mad that that's the way that we do things. We love it. Like yeah. I, it's a compliment to us when they go like, oh, I've I mean, never I been to church. I didn't like have this. long hair, so I didn't get that a lot. Well, no, yeah. I'm, but I mean, like the aspect of like, yeah, the aspect of like, oh, this is church. Like we get that a lot. We get that a lot. Like, you know, oh, this is church. Like, and, and I think like when it comes down to it, the reason that they're saying that is because what we represent doesn't represent the same things that they've had experiences at with other churches. And I like that because that means that we are, that we're doing what God has called us to do within the lives of those people in a way that, that, um, in a way that shows them the love of Jesus in a different way. Yeah. And I, I mean, I truly, I never want to see anybody leave a church or our church, but some people need to leave. They need to leave because it's better for them. They need to leave because they, they, they're not going to adhere to, what is required to be part of a productive, healthy community. And so they become toxic and it's bad for them. It's bad for others. And so it's just hard, like recognizing, um, you know, we've said, said things like, if this is not the place for you, then unfortunately we need your seat, but we do. And not an offensive way. And I know that sounds like, it sounds church offensive. hurt for people. It sounds offensive for people, but this what isn't we're the place saying for is you. the most we're loving thing you to we move on. Yeah. Say. We're freeing you to move on. If, if you're, if you're at a place and like, I, 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 there was a job I had where I was working with, um, there's a job that I had in inner city Youngstown where I was working at a step down facility for kids who were coming out of juvie. And I took on a role as the chaplain and I had that role for about 18 months. And at the same time I had taken on a a part-time role at our church and I fell in love with what I was doing at our church and I loved it so much. And what it did was it really split my passions so that I really wasn't passionate about what I was doing in, mm-hmm. in inner city Youngstown anymore. And the people who worked with me started to notice. And I remember the, I remember the being called in to the, the CEO 
you know, his office and he said, I'm, I'm going to give you the option. Like, do you, do you, are you passionate about this? Because if you are, we've, we want you. If you're not passionate about this anymore, like, then I want to release you to go do the things that God's called you to do because he's, he's a good godly man. And, um, I just remember feeling, I just remember feeling like, am I getting fired? And the truth is like, no, he was, he was doing a loving thing mm -hmm. to me because I, my heart wasn't in it. And I wasn't where I was, I, I really wasn't where God had designed me to be. And right. so by him doing that, it freed me up to be, to pursue the things that I, I know God had called me to do. And that's hard because you feel like failure when you, when you have a conversation like that. But that's the reality. If you're not in the position that you're supposed to be, if you're not the puzzle piece, if you don't fit in that puzzle, then you, you should be in a different puzzle, right. right? Like, or you should be somewhere else. And, and, and we get that, I mean, we get that here all the time. We've, yeah. We, and we believe we're stewarding people. I love that, yeah. that we adopt that. For as long as idea. God has seen exactly. to keep it's, them here. And, and that might yeah. be people who have been here their, Which is for a different most of their lives. I mean, yeah. we've had, we've had local church pastors tell pastors in our community, we want to take your people yeah. because if you don't, if you're not doing a good job servicing them, we will take them. We'll take them, and, and they don't care. And we call that sheep stealing. We're not into that. There are, that's the large church mentality, where they just are collecting people because mm -hmm. they want to collect resources and get bigger. Like that's that's you and I both worked at big churches. There's a lot of things that are great about it, but there's also a lot of negatives. And part of the yeah. negatives, it's all about making a bigger kingdom locally. Yeah, we're, I'm not, not interested in that. You're not interested in that. We we're interested in life changing people. Yeah, and that means sometimes the life changing people means they they're going to grow and they're going to move on. And they're going to move into other ministries. They're going to move um, vocations and move locations, whatever it is. Like we just want to steward people. I mean, that really was the design of the first church. It wasn't mm -hmm. let's get giant in our area. It was let's reach as many people as yeah. we can. And when we get to a place where people are healthy and ready to move on, let's send them out into the, yeah. the work field to go share the gospel and to teach people and instruct them. And, and I think like, I think that's the, that, I mean, this is my personal opinion. So this is, is a misnomer. Is this is my personal opinion? I think that's been one of the biggest travesties of the American church, is that we have set the marker at attendance instead of life change in our communities. And if we would set it at life change in our communities and understand that we're just stewarding people, right. I think it would change the way that we approach partnership and ministry. I think it would change the way that we approach reaching our community. I think it would change the way that we approach. Our, our personal theological convictions, because when you start to talk about the, the kingdom of God and what we're called to have an impact in, it does change the way that you pursue people in your community right. and, and the, the, the route which you go. Yeah. And so hopefully people, people who are here want to be part of that. They, they love that and they want to honor others. And ultimately I'm, I'm here, whether we're, 300 people I'm here, whether we're 400 people I'm here, whether we're 3,000 people. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I, I love what we're doing here. I love the culture here. My, my family loves it here. I, I didn't come here because I wanted to create a church of 3,000 people. Uh, or I came here because I wanted to be doing life with people and seeing God move. And God moves in powerful waves yeah. right now amongst our people in our congregation. It's so exciting to see. It's so refreshing. That's the goal. And part of that's the culture of honor. Um, it helps people choose to live different than they've been living in the past. I don't think it's any magical thing. I mean, we could have a lot of different phrases um, that have been part of a culture of honor. I think we just have a focus. Um, you could have a different culture somewhere else. But other churches have applied our same culture of honor, and it seems to be working great for them. Yeah. Um, so across the, across the country, other churches have adopted it. So it seems to work for people yep. uh, for whatever purpose or reason. I think because it's 
the call of scripture to, to honor others and love others and to let things go and move move past them. So we hope it works for you. We hope you, uh, if you need to know more, maybe we'll do another one about uh, breaking them down, yeah. each part. But, but uh, the culture of honor is I what we probably be good. Espouse. I think you would really like that. That's our DNA, and we hope that's what you are Absolutely. learning as you're part of the Heart Lakes mm-hmm. Church family. Thanks for listening.